It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Life transitions with Coach Robin. Transitions with Coach Robin. No matter what you're going through, you always have someone that you can talk to. I like transitions with Coach Robin. You are tuned into Life Transitions with Coach Robin, where we champion life transitions together. Coming up. On Life Transitions with Coach Robin, we are going into the vault. Yes, listen, we are going to the vault and I'm going to bring a, a conversation I believe is going to be relevant even for today. Listen, get your comfy chair, don't move a muscle and be prepared to be inspired on tonight. You are tuned in to Life Transitions with Coach Robin where we are voicing the gospel around the world 24-7. Oh, family, I'm excited because, you know, we have we have started um, this, and we have joined in, I guess I would say, the August, with the August is Health Awareness, um, Observance and Awareness Month, and we have made up our mind that this month, family, we are focusing on bringing resources, solutions, and having a needed dialogue and discussion in regards to our mental, physical, and spiritual health. And we know it here on Life Transitions with Coach Robin is where we champion life transitions together. And today we have um, someone on the show who has done just that, has championed and who have overcame the odds. So family, let's welcome to the show Tanya Johnson. Tanya, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am well, I'm well, I'm well. I'm doing awesome. I thank you for taking the time out um, to be on the show today. And we are going to talk about uh, disability. Um, We're going to talk about, um, through your story, I'm going to give you some uh, opportunity to to share with uh, my listening family about your journey in dealing with a disability. And with that being said, if you can um, just give them um, a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself before we dig into um, this taboo subject that most of us don't like, most people don't like to talk about or they don't want to, um, it's almost like the elephant in the room, uh, they don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it today on the show. So Tanya, tell a little bit, my listeners, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I, um, I'm i just trying to see how I'm going to go. Okay, so my um, father, you know, because i got to bring in my father into this situation. So my father and my mother um, 
really both of them was not able to attain their high school diploma. And if my father was still living today, he struggled with reading and even pronouncing certain uh, words. He had to always have somebody to read along with him. And so then my mother, she never was able to attain her um, um you know uh, her high school diploma either so my my disability comes from probably um something in generational cuz you remember generational um slavery time we couldn't learn how to read and write right yeah <laughs> yeah and so that's where it probably is a combination of both of them so my disability is a reading and writing expression disorder um it was um when I was in um, elementary school, um, I had a disability up in the 70s. So 70s, early 70s, late 70s, disability is not like it is today where they have all the accommodations and where they really took care of the children. So here I am, third, fourth, and fifth, I believe I stayed in the same reading, um, reading book, reading the same books, you know, um, sitting in the classroom reading the same books year after year, by that time, you really kind of, um, you know, know the book. So um, I was then, I moved from Baltimore City. So I grew up in Baltimore City. Um, my mom, I'm a single parent. Um, and so then when I moved to Columbia, Maryland, I was about three grades behind when I went to take the testing. And so at this point, the disability hit me head on. Um, in Columbia. I know you're not finished, but I, I want to, um, something just dropped to me. You said when you got to Columbia, which for those that don't, because this is all around the world, we're talking about in the Maryland uh, area, outside of the Baltimore, you know, outside the Baltimore city and county, there's another part of Maryland, which they consider, which is the Howard County, Maryland. So you went from Baltimore, I want to say city, schooling system and went down to uh, Howard County. Am I, is that what we're, what we're saying? Yes. And I want to ask you something. And I know you, you were saying generational, but I have a question I want your opinion on. Even though with the generational aspect, do you think that Baltimore City dropped the ball in regards to your disability um, recognizing you had a disability and helping channel and develop you, what do you feel about that? Yes, because I believe that if Baltimore City had the proper accommodations, it's like when students come in, you know, we pack all these students, probably about 30 students in a classroom together. And so we don't take time out to understand that if you come in, you've grown up in a single-parent household where my mom worked four jobs. She didn't have time to go over homework with me. When I came home, I did my homework on my own. So here I'm coming back to school where the school system is supposed to help the individual. But if you got 30 students in a classroom and you got some students going faster than the others, then you can't help each individual student. So here you have students that probably their parents might read to them when they go home, or their parents might help them with their English and their pronunciation with their words when they go home. When I go home, I'm taking a bath and doing my homework by myself, and my mom's coming from probably her second job just putting the food on the table, and at that point, we're going to bed. 
So there's no help when you're coming in a single, coming from a single parent household. You come into school to get that help from the school. So yes, Baltimore City, I believe, drops the ball, and I think they still continue to drop the ball today. Um, with individual students, even though people have IEPs, they don't understand that if you're coming from a single parent household, that IEP is not going to help you if you don't have reinforcement in your home. Wow, wow. For those that are just tuning in, we are um, here, you're here listening to Tanya Johnson, and we're talking about. Um, which is in the vein of August being a Health Observance and Awareness Month, and we're talking about um, disabilities, and this could be considered, what do you consider this a a comprehension mental disability? Well, what it is, let me just explain it to you. So it's a reading comprehension, and so it's a writing expression disorder. Now, the reading comprehension comes from, um, again, if it was reinforced in at home in school, I'd probably be able to comprehend what I read. So I'm, when I go to read a book, all of it is jambled up in my head, and I cannot. So the, re, the written expression comes where I can't explain it to you after I have read it. So in the writing expression, again, another thing go back to generational. You know, we were told when we grew up, we were told that a child is to be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And so when a child is told that, they're not able to express themselves. So you become an introvert. So, you know, you got people don't understand when children come out of a single-family household what really happens in that household. And, you know, if I go to, you know, the cursing, the parent telling you, calling you dumb, you're stupid, you wouldn't mount to you of anything, you be, you hold, you hold, you know, those things um, really comes in even with the read and comprehension and the um, written expression um, disability. So you grow up in those type of environments that hinder you from being able to be this at the same pace as other students in the classroom time. So wow. again, go back to coming to Columbia, three grades behind. So what do you do with a student who's three grades behind the other? You put them in special ed classes. So what happens in special ed classes? Well, in special ed classes, you have the students who really don't want to learn, and you have the students who want to learn. So the teacher spends half the classroom time trying to calm down the students who really don't want to learn, and by the time she probably gets to class at a calm point, guess what? The bell is ringing, and it's time to go on to your next class. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So this is my journey. So, you know, I always – was something that my mom always said that we was we was going to go to college. I don't even know how she always enforced going to college. Well, she was a forcer that you was going to graduate from high school, and I think she enforced that because she didn't graduate from high school. But then she enforced college. So I'm like, my mom, she really didn't know, but she was a force in college and something that I wasn't prepared for. So here I enter into Howard Community College, and anybody knows, anybody knows that you have to take some type of placement test when you go into a community college. So I'm placement test, and my reading skills are below average, and my um, writing skills are below average. So here I am in another struggle trying to overcome 
um, college. So I'm in college and I'm failing probably practically all my classes except probably gym, gym and art, something like that. But all the rest of the classrooms, <laughs> math, I'm just failing. <laughs> and so at this point, um, I drop out because I was like, I can't do this no more. I even tried to go to uh, um, black college, or all-black college, what we call BCUs. I tried to go to that and um, still failing because I'm thinking maybe, you know, there's a different teaching curve if I go to a black college opposed to, uh, you, you know, community college where it's mixed, you know, still. Both colleges drop out. Wow. And so um, at this time, um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting there, I was praying, and I was talking to the Lord, and the Lord told me to go back to school. And I told the Lord, well, you know, I got a t-shirt for this. I've done that, did that. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going back to school. And so I just kind of shut the Lord down. It was a Saturday. I remember it like it was yesterday. And so that Sunday morning when I got to church, my pastor was walking back and forth, he kind of like tuned into the spirit before he even speaks. And the first words he said out of his mouth, the Lord told somebody that they have to go back to school. <laughs> God got a funny sense of humor. And so at that point, I knew that I had to go back to school. I knew I had to be obedient. So here go my journey again. Still, no testing, no accommodations, because remember, in the 70s, they didn't have any of that. Yeah. So here I'm back at start point again, back in college. And so I'm in English. And I have been trying to get a testing done, but what happened was the test cost about $12,000, $12,000. As you know, you just thorough testing. So the doors kept shutting in my face because I couldn't get testing to find out what I really had. You know, I still don't know what I have. All I know from the 70s is I have a disability. Wow. And so here I am starting back in school again, and I'm right back at the same place. I'm in English, and I'm failing, literally. A it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The average. And at this point, I'm. Um Matter of fact, the tutor that I had, um, he wanted to just check my papers. He didn't want to show me how to master English. It was just, okay, I'll check your papers. And I said to him, well, I don't want to um, be in school not knowing how to master this. And he said, well, I can't tutor you. So here well, I'm at a D average. There. I want to put a pause right there. It's something that just check me right there. Now, you with the tutor, you didn't say something. Um, you with the tutor that did not want to help you to master English. Now, they want to help you master English. Now, that goes back to, uh, 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 for some reason, that just checked me because at the end of the day, um, God was good. It's good. We're going to hear more about your journey. God was, it, it was good and still good in regards to allowing you to master 
the very things that the world was saying you could not master, you were able to master. And what uh, the point I want to make is, for those that are listening, that at, you heard just a little bit of, her, of, of Tanya's story. You've already heard how many doors, how many times it seemed like this disability was going to win. But God would not allow the disability to win. God allowed even Tanya, who struggled through what they say, middle school, high school, even trying to get into college, struggling. And then here we have the audacity of a tutor who did not want to help her master. Just wanted to go over, you know, just wanted to skim through her work. But he didn't want to take the time out to show her how to master it. So I want us to, um, I want you to finish your story. But for some reason, I want to talk about how were, or what were some of the steps that God began to show you how to master? And we're talking right now, we're talking about reading, right, in English. Right. So some well, of the steps that you, yeah. um, that you do in um, school. So you, everybody who has a disability will always probably need some type of accommodations. Okay. So you you're always, you know, there's accommodations out there. Whether you're in the workforce or whether you're in school, you're going to need accommodations. So, so my go back and explain explain what accommodations mean. I am so very interested. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So the accommodations are so each so they have um, the um, the ability is called JAN. It's called Job Accommodation Network. It's on a disability website. And what happens is if you put in your disability, like if I put in reading comprehension, writing expression disability, it will give me all the list of accommodations that I need to be successful in accommodation, be successful in whatever I'm doing with the accommodations. So one of my accommodations was a smart pen. And so what a smart pen is, 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 is a notebook that when you're sitting in your classroom time, you take and you press a button and it starts to record the teacher and then you press the button when you finish and it, it stops. But not only does it record the teacher, you're able to write certain main points that you think that you're hearing from the teacher and um, when you get home, you're able to upload it on a computer. So everything that you've written and everything that um, you heard, you're able to upload it to the computer and it's able to do that whole thing, um, record that whole thing um, back to you um, when you get home. Now, wow. that, um, that's one of the accommodations that I had to use in the classroom. And so... With your accommodations, too, you have to be disciplined. You cannot not be disciplined um, because it seems like with your accommodations, I always had to stay like probably one or two steps ahead of the classroom. Sometimes when I took my test, I had to do all tests or all tests because I could not um, recall all the amount of information that was given to me on a test. 
And so on the test, another accommodation that I had was um, a lot of time. So say if you were given a half an hour for the test, I probably was given an hour for the test. If you were given 45 minutes, then it was always a lot of time given to me on a test. And another accommodation that I had was a tutor because I always have to have a tutor um, for going over checking my papers. Now, what happened when I was in undergrad, the tutor that I had, she had a disability herself. So she was a, she was um, the student support, and she had a hearing disability. So what happens when I write, I write down my stuff, and sometimes it's all crumbled on the paper. So you will have to, if you know me, like she began to know me, she knew what questions to ask me to pull out of me, what was the information that I was trying to get on the paper. Some some people were so prejudiced against it because some tutors just didn't want to help you. They didn't want to spend that time because sometimes it could take – now imagine to have to write a 10- to 12-page paper in school. And remember, mm-hmm. when you graduate from your undergrad, you have a 20-page paper that you had to do. So I had to do my papers in parts. So I would have to take part of my paper, spend hours with a tutor. And some people would get frustrated with me because they'd be trying to say, well, what are you trying to write? Not understanding that I would have to explain to some of my tutors that I had a disability because your tutors don't know that you have a disability. All they know is you come into them and you have a struggle in reading and writing, and so they're trying to help you along. So to go to, I, I was able to tame my um, associate's degree in business management my undergrad in women's gender studies, and my master's in pastoral counseling. But that didn't come with prejudice from teachers. When some teachers found out that I had a disability, they made it harder in classes for me. Um, so at some point, in some junctures, I didn't even tell some of the teachers. I just tried to struggle through in some of my classes because I didn't want the prejudice or the dis. The, I guess the discrimination that goes with people and their lack of understanding of what my disability was. I remember one teacher in particular, um, she, um, in my my undergrad, she wrote me up for plagiarism. And I wasn't plagiarizing. I forgot to um, cite the... um, cite the um, person who I was writing. She knew I had a disability, but the way she approached me and saying, well, what is this? Well, a person with a disability, we always got to process stuff. You can't just approach us with just half information. You have to approach us with the whole thing of what you're saying. And because I didn't know what she was saying until after she walked away and I went home and said, oh, well, she was asking me about this, she, she turned me into the school and um, I almost didn't graduate because of that. And she knew I had a disability. So you get your you get your prejudice with this in um, people's lack of understanding because they don't want you to attain the same type of degrees that they have because they feel like, well, I'm smarter or whatever they got, whatever their their lack of understanding is from the disability. So that's my school journey, but I've also had the workforce journey, what I have not been able to master yet. Um, I've lost quite a few jobs um, because of 
they don't want to accommodate you in the um especially in the private industries industry. I don't know about the government industry, I don't know about the state industry, but I know I've lost so many jobs in the private industry because of my disability. They just don't want to accommodate you. Um indoor Go ahead. Before we go over to the job, I want to talk about the school and what advice. Well, first of all, what does somebody – well, let me go. There's so many things in my mind. <laughs> what is that? How did you – what was your process of finally finding out uh, what your disability was? Because I know it was a journey just trying to figure out, okay, what's going on with me? How – what was – uh, the process so somebody can know that maybe have a child or maybe themselves, what was your process of finding out this is what my disability is? That way you got to, that's your first start to then knowing now what I got to do next. That means you got to do, you said, the accommodations and all that. But first of all, how do you tell somebody to, how did you find out the name and how, what you were, your struggle was? Okay, so, um, in trying to get my associates, I was think I was probably one month from graduating, and uh, um, I guess he was the dean of the student support kept calling me, asking me why haven't you used tutoring? Remember, I told you I stopped using tutoring because of the prejudice. Yeah. And so he said, "Well, I need you to come into my office because I wasn't returning his phone calls," and he was like, "Well, I need you to come and see me." And so I was like, okay, I'll come in and see you. So I'm dragging in. You know how we do. We drag in. Mm -hmm. And so at this point in my life, I was so confident about my disability. But I still didn't have no name to it. So I walks into his office, and I just go, you know, just explaining what my journey had been, all the knocks, all the fights, all the witch comb, and I still couldn't get tested for my disability. And I'm like, every door has shut. Nobody will help me out. You know, I know they didn't have it in the 70s. And, I'm, you know, I'm explaining to the man, and I have this disability. So this man, after he let me go on for I don't know how long I went on, he <laughs> reveals to me that he himself had a disability, and wow. he's working at the school. And I'm like, okay. And then he returned. He, you know, he told me his disability, and he said, I know a place where you can go and you can get on a waiting list. And he says it's going to take a year, but they do do income, um, income is income driven. So they will go by your income, and you will pay, you know, by your income. Because remind you again, the disability, the test, because I didn't get tested in the seventies, that test cost a lot of money. So I waited for a year. Um, um, the day before I was ready to get. Mm -hmm. Sorry, tell the people the info where you went. Where, where, where did he send you? Okay, so I went to Loyola University. Um, they have a clinical department. So the students there who are trying to get their degrees in, um, you know, psychology, counseling, whatever they're trying to get their degrees in, have to go through a clinical part, and they have to observe somebody who maybe has a disability. 
So okay. I went there, and they did a thorough testing. They put you on an audio thing, um, an audio so you can, um, a speech thing, an audio thing. And I can remember one of the testings that I really have difficulty with is if I'm in a room with a lot of people and there's a lot of distraction going on, I can't um, have a conversation with you if you right in my face. So wow. if there's distraction going around in the room, I struggle to have a conversation with all the noise in the background. So that's another accommodation that I have. I have to study in complete silence. It cannot okay. be no noise in the background. It can't, it can't be anything because I will get distracted. And so... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When they finished doing, I think it took like two or three weeks for them to test me, and they came back with the results and now I have this piece of paper they said you know what it is but I'm gonna give you a name to it so it was a read and comprehension and a writing expression so at this point I have this piece of paper and I'm like okay well what do I do with this piece of paper and that begins another journey because wow. you got this piece of paper you don't know what to do with this piece of paper and that's how it brought me over into the workforce because now I have this piece of paper I got a documentation. I'm supposed to be able to go to the workforce and say, hey, I got this documentation. I need accommodations on my job to help me. But yet the workforce don't want to give you accommodations because they want you to come in hitting the ground running. So when people look at the list of degrees I have, they think, oh, well, this girl is so smart. You know, she got her master's. But they don't know that that master's came with a fight. Yeah, yeah. And and so they think that I'm supposed to work and do my job accordingly like everybody else. But I normally can't because I um, had accommodations. So I was working at one um, um, banking industry, um, and they gave me like three months with accommodations, but those accommodations didn't work. Now I know today is that human resources is supposed to work with you. Say that you start out and saying, I need um, a smart pen or I need Word Q. Word Q is something that you upload on your computer that helps you with your reading and your writing, writing your papers. So say I go to human resources and I say today, well, I need this accommodation. Well, if that doesn't work for the job that I'm doing, then they're supposed to come back to me and say, like in two weeks, was well, that working for you or even a day? Is that working for you? Okay, let's see what kind of accommodations you need. So 
Doors was a division. Doors is a division uh, rehabilitation. It's a um, it's a um, disability unit here in um, Maryland. And Doors wanted to come in and they wanted to assess my area because when you need accommodations, you don't know again what you need. So Doors exactly. wanted to come in and they wanted to assess my area and they wanted to give me um, accommodations based on that job that I was in. Well, this particular company wouldn't allow doors to come even come in. Matter of fact, two companies that I worked for wouldn't even allow doors to come in. Uh, one company wound up getting in a legal battle. One company just shut it down and wouldn't even let me come in and fired me. And so I'm still on an uphill journey um, in the workforce because I still am not even in right now working in a proper job that um, meets my um, meets my skill level, and um, so I'm, I don't know how it's going to work because I just started working back in the workforce after being unemployed for four years because at first I thought that I was supposed to file for disability, so I went that route trying to file for disability. And coming to find out when I went to file for disability, you know, they don't care if you um, – they looked at my master's, they looked at my undergrad, and they were trying to figure out, well, why do you need disability if you able to, if you able and you're willing to go to work? So if you have some type of, I don't know if that's the word that I want to use, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're able to work. So say if I can go to a job, so, okay, let me go back. The skill level in which I the skills levels in which I'm supposed to work with my disability, I'm supposed to be a janitor or I'm supposed to be able to work in a warehouse and um, pack books according to the disability. Okay, wow. does it make sense? Yeah. So how am an individual going to take care of themselves based on the disability, based on the disability when they give out funds and stuff for people's disability, based on their research and them having a, um, what's it called, a skilled, a labeled skilled person to uh, say. assessment. Yeah, that assessment, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a labor mm-hmm. skills person that says that with your disability, you're supposed to work in a warehouse and pack books. Okay, wow. so if I'm supposed to work in a warehouse and pack books, when people look at my resume, they say, well, she got this. Under, she got associates. She got a, uh, a so bachelor's. Qualified in, in the, in, if you go try to do those jobs. Uh, we're going to press a pause right there because I want to um, just bring the family up to where we are. Um, you are tuned into Life Transitions with Coach Robin, and we are talking um, and just embracing August is Health Observance and Awareness Month. We got Tanya Johnson on the line. Um, bringing um, a conversation that's needed, uh, opening the eyes and of what someone goes through with their disability, and um, she's been sharing her story. Now, uh, in sharing her story, she's given already uh, some keys, you know, to someone who's listening who may be themselves going through this process, family member, uh, trying to find out, okay, I know something is going on. I don't know exactly what. Um, 
she just laid out, she ended up going to um, a program in Loola, mm-hmm. and they were able to do the testing based upon her income. So, um, A, I guess I'm saying if you're not in the Maryland area, that for someone that is in in the same um, position that Tanya had found herself in, trying to figure out, you know, you know something is up, but you don't know. You're trying to figure out, um, you know, you want to you want to get it on paper. You want to get a deeper understanding yourself, so you know what um, even accommodations you'll need. You got to know what the you know you got to know what the problem is first. You got to know what it is to even find the solution. So the first step is she went to Loa Loola um, through uh, someone who. Ironically, the dean that worked, that was the dean at a, a college that she went to, a university, I think, was a, um, a community college. She was a community to. college. Yeah, so my point is, A, uh, you need to find um, a program that can help uh, assess you, your family member. Um, that's one of the steps that she has laid before us, and we're talking about um, – health, and that's important because I can imagine if you don't know how frustrating that is. It's frustrating, period, to, to deal with disability, but can you imagine if you don't even, you, you, you know, but you don't know kind of thing, this will give you an opportunity to, A, find out what, what disability you have. That's first step. Then, B, then to find out what accommodations are available. And she began to talk about doors and um, what was another? Was there another one you were talking about? Yeah, because you have the disability. You have a um, everybody. Every state should have a disability website, and on the okay. disability website is called Job Jan. It's called Job Accommodation Networks. They work universal. This is not Maryland. So yeah. Jan, you were able to put in your disability, and it lists all the accommodations that you need for that particular disability, not just school, in the workforce, too. And so it lists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, she lists that. She began to share that indoors. Uh, I'm not, is doors in, in, um, nationally, too, do you know? I'm not sure it's doors nationally, but every state should have a division where you can go to where they'll help you with your resumes, they'll help you with a different type of testing, they'll help you even um, to get um, jobs. Again, doors wasn't successful for me because they have not been able to. So each, and it's based on your disability. So there's usually a waiting list for doors, and it's usually based on your um Extreme, moderate, and less than moderate is how you get into doors. So okay. it's based on your disability, too. Okay. So for those listening, family, um, we, we're talking about disabilities, and disabilities range from um, what Tanya's disability is. You said that was your reading, comprehension, and writing. Expression. Um, expression. We have disabilities for those that are legally blind. You have disabilities for um, those that can't walk. You've got all kinds of disabilities. Um, and the key is getting plugging into the resources that you have in your state and be able to get uh, the accommodations that you need. Now, going back to Tanya's story, Tanya, you were talking about 
now we shifted from the school, and um, we applaud you before we even move on to the job. We applaud you for um, your perseverance and this being a testimony of just, I mean, my God. Uh, we don't know too many individuals that get multiple degrees, and most of them don't have disabilities. So we want to applaud you for having three degrees with a disability. So that's a glory hallelujah moment. Well, thank, you. thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To all the people, and it's something everybody was saying no, but God said yes. So yes, we're moving beyond. Yes, you got your degrees. Now we're moving over to now the struggle in the workplace. These are real topics, God. These are real. This is real life. This is not somebody who's. She's not plastic. She's real. This is a real life, and the, we're bringing it to you because not only I'm quite sure there's more Tanyas that are listening, and you need to be encouraged. You hear, did you hear in the beginning how she was like, uh-uh, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done with trying to go to school. But look at from the beginning, she was done. Now at the end, she has three degrees. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, so it can, it can be done. It can be done. So now we're going to talk about the workplace, even though, She's still in the struggle and still in the battle, but I just wanted to bring to you, uh, I want you to hear her story of, the, of this, this journey that she's on even now with this disability that you know um, that you can, you, know, you can endure and you can glean even from some of her experiences that you may not have to go that way because of some of what she has learned along the way that can help you. So let's pick up from the job um, aspect. You were talking about having this disability, and it's sadly to say, even you didn't if you don't, if you don't disclose, they can use that against you because you didn't disclose it, that you had a disability. And then when you um, disclose it, then you really find a discrimination. Am I right? Right, because we can, let's go back. I forgot all about this, but, you know, working at, um, you know, church, um, I worked for, and on an interview, the person who interviewed me, I, I said to her that I had a disability. And she went on and hired me because she knew that she just seen something special in me. She hired me. Well, less than 30 days, and this is what can happen to me or happens a lot, less than 30 days, well, her boss felt that I wasn't moving fast enough, so they demoted me, took me from underneath of her, and put me in another department. And so this is, you know, so if you disclose it up front when you fill in our applications, they ask you, can you do this job with or without accommodations? So they might not even look at your application because they're asking you this question up front. Now a lot of jobs on the application ask this. So you, you kind of, they say, this is what they say. They say that you're not supposed to disclose it on an interview. But sometimes when I'm going on interviews, I don't know whether to disclose it or not to disclose it because I feel like mm, if I feel comfortable with the person, I might disclose it. Mm-hmm. So when I go to disclose it, they'll call me right back after I left the interview and say, well, you don't have the job. And so... The law says, the law says that you don't have to disclose it. Tanya, the the they, who is they? So the person I I might interview with will call me back and say right after that, I've had it. As soon as I walked out the interview, 
before I can even get home to get to my computer, there is a thing that says I, we went with somebody else with the job. And I've had this. And they told me, well, you need to call on Monday to, you know, come in, call on Monday, and we're going to go to the next level. And the next level, before I even get home, they didn't sent me a thing and said we went with somebody else. So, wow. you know, my saying I'm, they is I'm not using their names. You know what I'm saying. But who was the they that told you to not disclose? Like they recommended don't disclose at the interview. Who was the they? Um, by law, when doors? I talk to doors, doors, okay. because legally even Job Accommodation Network, any, um, legally you're not supposed to disclose, disclose that. You're not supposed to disclose it until after you get a job offer and once you get the job offer, then you're supposed to disclose it. Well, just like I said, we go back and forth. I've had yeah. jobs, interviews where I did not disclose it. The last job that I had, the person felt like I lied to them. I deceived them on a the job interview. Why didn't I disclose wow. it? So the law says you don't have to disclose it, but again, I can go to another job where I got in and they was like, well, you didn't disclose this for up front and now you need accommodations. So you got this deception that people believe that you deceived them, and you're not going in there to deceive them, but the law says. So nobody wants the legal system if you try to take this to court. Nobody wants to deal with this even in a court of law. Doesn't it make wow. sense because yeah. the law says it, but if when, you know, I lost my job and I try to go to court with this, even filing through um, the EEOC or filing with um, the civil, whatever, nobody wants to take your case because it's a hard case to win. Because okay, what's the EEOC? The equal, the equal, if it's the equal opportunity. Um, for um, EEOC, I'm not exactly sure, but I know I filed the case there before, and I didn't win the case. And then I filed another case. Um, each each um, each state, I guess, have another place that you can go to. I can't think of where that was right now. The State of Maryland Commission of Civil Rights, I filed a case there. So, And these are for different jobs. This is not all for the same jobs. So wow. that's why I said I'm still in an uphill battle with the job force because even, you know, I told you I filed for disability. I didn't win my case in disability. I went before an administrative judge, and the administrative judge, when he pulled, he actually, sir, he was a kind man, and he asked me certain questions, but they feel like if you can work, then you can't get disability. So you ding if you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you ding if you uh, do, you, you ding if you don't. Right, because based on my level of education, I have not been able to get a job based on the level of education I had. So I'm really working in a job that's paying 11 to $12 an hour based on what I can do, based on what they're saying I can do, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know what the, the um, solution is yet for this because I'm still in this. And I believe that God is going to overcome in this. I'm yes, just not yes. sure how he's going to overcome in this yet, but I know he's going to overcome in this so that I would be able to share with other people, well, this is what you do to overcome it in the workforce. Because in people the are not, they got these 
these prejudices. Everybody, all of us got some type of prejudice, but I think for people with disabilities, we give accommodation for people who are blind, who are in a wheelchair, but this is a unique disability. This is not something you visibly see. So yeah. when you tell people that you have this disability because it's not a visibly seen disability, people get these prejudices with it. Exactly. And, and you know what you're saying is true, but you remember remember when the wheelchairs were, they were a problem. It right. used to be, people used to get agitated, the fact that you had to have a ramp. So right. this is disabilities have have been fighting. It just it just been recently that I could say maybe we embrace the society of embraces wheelchairs or those that have those where you can visibly see their disability. That's the more recent. That hasn't always been that. So this battle you're dealing with, and maybe somebody else um, that um, listening family because it's uh, now this is a new you know bringing brought to the forefront. It's just like the ones that were going through with their wheelchairs. Everybody didn't want to embrace, you know, making their buses handicap accessible. Everybody didn't want to embrace making your buildings handicap accessible. They went through that same um, discrimination. If we remember, go, we think about it. It wasn't an easy for them, an easy road. So now we got a pioneer on the phone. <laughs> we got a pioneer on the line here. She's pioneering through this, now coming to the forefront for the disabilities that are not visible, but they're there and they're real. They're right. there. And now and we're, we're, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you, you're good because I wanted to say what makes me different and what makes me a pioneer is I got to keep going back. In the 70s, they did not have the resources that they have today. So today I'm 52 years old. So there's people from the 70s that probably didn't even get tested, that probably in the workforce 50, 52, 50, whatever your age is up, and you will probably feel like, oh, we too old, life is over for us. No, life is not over for us that have not been tested properly who exactly. probably working or not working, probably working or not working, struggling through, wonder why they're getting overlooked for promotion, wonder why they can't move forward. You know, they feel like they're stuck in this dead-end job because they don't function the same way like everybody else because they have not had um, – been tested, or they probably don't even know that they have a disability. And I don't even know what it's like for those people who now have IEPs who come out in the workforce, you know, who's younger than me that comes out in the workforce. I'm sure it's the same because I remember when I was talking to the student support person from my undergrad, she said she was getting a lot of phone calls for people who had disabilities, and, you know, I don't know what their disability range from, but they wasn't able to attain a job after getting that degree either. So I believe that there's still a lot of prejudice out here in the workforce that we don't want to accommodate. You know, I know the government has it where the government accommodates because that's part of on the website, the government does allow people to come into their workforce with disabilities. But they allow people probably to come in the workforce with the, you know what I mean, with the visible disabilities. We still got to work on the private industries. We still got to yeah. work on people looking at people who have 
um, invisible disabilities. So this is a different, totally different battle, totally different, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, family, it, it's, it's been amazing to, to hear. Uh, I want, Tanya, give them um, your email because I'm just, I, I believe there's somebody listening, A, that um, will probably want to connect just for the pioneer that you are and they're in that situation themselves. They could be walking it through it themselves or with a, a, a child or um, a, a loved one. B, somebody might even have some more information for you, um, A, uh, you know, to help with this journey that you're pushing through because you're definitely going to get on the other side. You're definitely getting on the other side. You definitely are getting on the other side because you already, God has done it before. Like I always say, Ty Trivett's song, he did it before, he can do it again. <laughs> He's going to do it again for you. So give them your email address or some way that they can get in touch with you because um, I believe that this is the time and the season that God is going to do something um, tremendous for you in your life and um, as the pioneer that you are in this season. So give them the information that they can contact you. Okay, so I'm going to give you, I have an organization called The Well Organization, and so you can email, email me at thewellorganization at gmail.com, and let me spell it for you, T-H-E-W-E-L-L-O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com, The Well Organization. Awesome. And just since you brought up the well organization, <laughs> give a little bit about the well organization before we let you go. The well organization is the organization that deals with inner healings from sexual sins. So it's an organization that the Lord has given me, and it's still, again, is in the process of being established, but I do have an email address. And so I help women walk through um, their, sexual, um, their sexual struggles, your sexual addictions, your promiscuity, um, teaching you how to stay clean and stay pure before the Lord. Um, that's basically what the well organization is about. Wow. So listening, Sam, it is something – um, we have a champion on the line, a pioneer who, through her disability, um, started out looking like, you know, how the enemy does talk to you. And even she mentioned even with family and um, talking to you and making you feel like you're not going to make it. Uh, but by the grace of God, uh, she has overcome Going, she's gone back to school and she's mastered. She's found out all these different um, resources that um, now she's even sharing with you guys the resources that are available for you. So hopefully you won't have, not going to say it's going to be easy, but hopefully this will help you in your journey um, of accomplishing what God put inside of you. I don't care what you got going on, what disability it is, I don't care. What your status is right now, whatever God says, and whatever God said you're going to do, this woman here is a testament that you can do it. Um, now, Tanya, before I let you go, is there anything else that we didn't talk about or anything that you want to you wanna share with the listening family before we let you go? 
No, I just want to say, um, well, I guess yes, that it's not going to be easy, but with the grace of God, he's going to give you the ability to do what you need to do in any situation. And don't allow people to look at you differently or say you can't because you have a disability. Know that God has entrusted you. Um, that's what my pastor tell me. He's entrusted you with this. Um, it's really a gift. Um, and maybe people haven't looked, ever looked at it, but God has entrusted you with this gift. Um, wow. And he will do what he needs to do in you for you to overcome. Wow. Well, you heard it from the, the, the champion, and you heard it from the pioneer. It's a gift from God, and you will overcome. Life Transitions with Coach Robin. Life Transitions with Coach Robin. No matter what you're going through, you always have someone that you can talk to. Life Transitions. 